Good morning, everybody. It is Tuesday morning, election day, November 7th, 2017. Uh, personal plug from me. This is Mike Lyon with the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. As always, on weekday mornings, personal plug from me. Go out and vote. I don't care who you are, where you are, who you're voting for, what state you're in, what your political inclinations are. If you don't have any political in- political inclinations, take five minutes today. Uh, look something up if you're registered to vote, that is. Hopefully you are. If not, uh, then you can disregard this. But if you're registered to vote, take five minutes. Uh, look up some of the issues, some of the candidates in your area, and go vote. Uh, I, I know the, 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 the voting thing... Whether we should vote or not has come into question recently, given the political climate that we have now. But I strongly believe in the power of the vote. Always have, always will. So personal plug from me to all of my listeners. Go out and vote. If you have the chance to do so today, take five minutes, go over to the polling place, get it done. Turnout should not be heavy today. Uh, It's not a presidential or a a national election, anything like that. So with that being said, uh, we got a couple things to talk about today. We've got two big ones two good wins to break down and the beginning of an era in Fenway Park. But let's start right back on the hardwood where the Boston Celtics continue to fire on. They win again last night. This one was not easy, but they got it done. 110, 107, 110-107 on the road over the Atlanta Hawks. It is their ninth win in a row, nine in a row after two losses to begin the season. Uh, best record in the league at 9-2. and two. Once again, the Celtics get balanced contributions up and down the lineup. Late in the game, they get a big three-pointer from uh, Jason Tatum off a brilliant pass from Kyrie Irving. They get a big Kyrie Irving bucket down the stretch as well, and they have just enough in a close game to hold off the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, I, 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 I said it yesterday. There, there's no reason for me to rehash the, the, the fact of, of how I think the Celtics are playing how excited and how proud I am of the Celtics having done what they've done, even if they don't do anything else over the course of the season. And they're not going to fold and go completely in the tank. I mean, obviously this this winning streak will come to an end. They will go into a slump at some point. All good things have to come to an end in basketball, you would think. But uh, they have played extraordinarily well all season long. They continue to play well as a team. Now they come home and get two more that they should win. You know, they get the Lakers and they get Charlotte before a a, a matchup on Sunday against the Toronto Raptors. And that's at home, by the way. That's in Boston. Next three are at home. Uh, But so you you very easily could be looking at 10 in a row. In fact, you should be looking at 10 in a row. After Wednesday, they're going to be a big favorite to beat the Lakers, who have struggled out of the gate. Uh, But no real reason to rehash what the Celtics have done. They are a balanced team top to bottom. They are a, a, a... set a cohesive unit. They play very well together. They share the ball. Uh, They do everything that you would want your team to do. And they did it again last night. Not as easy last night. It's not always going to be easy on the road. Uh, Even against teams that are in theory inferior opponents like Atlanta is. But they get it done again. Nine in a row for the good guys. Really just a remarkable way to begin the season. For the Celtics, let's do some of the. We'll run through some of the numbers here. Kyrie, a big night, 35 points for the Celtics point guard, who has shown without question that he can come in and be the guy on a team, at least in the early part of the season. And again, I think you're, you're talking about more than a, a a fluke now. 
35.7 assists for Kyrie Irving, 21 points in a starting role for Jason Tatum. How about these numbers for Al Horford? 15 points, 10 rebounds, 9 assists. One assist short of a triple-double for the Celtics' big man. Pretty nice game for Marcus Smart off the bench. 9 points, 4 assists, 5 rebounds. Terry Rozier, 8 points off the bench. Jalen Brown struggled a little bit more to this in this game, but still had 12. Uh, they're still getting big contributions up and down the lineup, and that's what you need to see. Semi Ojale, by the way. 16 minutes yesterday, only scored 6 points, did grab 3 rebounds, 2 assists, becoming a defensive stopper for these guys. Uh, so again, you see Brad Stevens getting a lot out of somebody that you did not expect that he would get a lot out of. Um, so another win for the Celtics. I mean, we got into them pretty heavy yesterday. There's no real need to go down that road again. Uh, they're a great team. They're going to be fun to watch. Keep after it. The one thing I, I did want to do before I, I give I, I start talking about the Bruins and let the Celtics go for the day is give a quick shout-out to Mike Gorman and Tommy Heinsohn. Uh, yesterday was the, if you can believe this, the 36th year in a row and their 36th anniversary of their first broadcast of the Celtics. They've been doing this 36 years together. And obviously, I know Tommy doesn't have the games that he used to. He's not on the sideline for every single one. But Mike Gorman's longevity is pretty remarkable. I don't know if he's missed a game. I'm sure he has over 36 years. If he has, it hasn't been many. I mean, you're talking about... I mean, I, I grew up listening to Mike Gorman when I was really, really young, when the Celtics would be on TV. And he's still doing it. Still doing it today. 36 years in a row for those guys. Pretty remarkable when you think about it. Uh, not exactly the most fair and balanced... Uh, announcers in the NBA, I'm sure, but, you know, the Celtics obviously have the history of, of if you watch the Celtics, you weren't getting that. Johnny Most, uh, growing, you know, back in the day was anything but an unbiased announcer, but that was fine. Johnny Most was, was a legend. Mike Gorman is quickly becoming a legend. Tommy Heinsohn is obviously in the Hall of Fame as both a player and a coach. Maybe he gets there as a broadcaster as well. Uh, pretty, pretty cool uh, for for Gorman and uh, and and Heinsohn to get there. If you're if you get on Twitter, there's a pretty cool little two not a long clip like two minutes three minutes tops from uh, I think it's NBC Bo NBC Sports Boston had a, a quick little clip of of you know stitching together Gorman and Heinsohn uh, calling games over the 36 years that they've been together. So get on there and check it out if you can. It was pretty neat. Uh, just a shout out to those guys. Keep doing it. And they they show no signs of slowing down. By the way. Still really good at what they do. Gorman sounds the exact same way as he did 36 years ago, I'm sure. So keep going, guys. Love you. Quick little shout-out to, uh, to to Heinsohn and Gorman on that uh, on their anniversary. With that, let's switch gears to Jack Edwards' team to uh, to, to do the, uh, the, the broadcaster transition. How about a bad transition there? But in any event, uh, let's go to the ice where the Bruins get a good win last night. 5-3 uh, to three over the Minnesota Wild. Last year, and I didn't realize this, two games against Minnesota last year, they didn't score in either game. And that's not necessarily shocking because the Bruins' offense is not, not quite prolific, but uh, they erased that in a hurry yesterday. Five goals, and they get it from a lot of unlikely sources. And they get it on a night where you didn't think the scoring was going to be plentiful because Brad Marchand missed the game, an upper body, body injury. Don't you love that in hockey, by the way? 
don't, don't you love these upper body and lower body injuries in hockey? It's the only sport where, you know, for some reason teams just refuse to be exact in, in, in what body part is injured. You say to yourself, well, they get hit a lot in hockey. Well, they get hit a lot in football too, don't they? You know, isn't the name of the game contact in football? And, and football teams are required to be honest with what body part is, is injured. So I don't know why hockey has that upper body and lower body nonsense going on. But in any event, Marshan missed the game. I don't want to digress too hard. Marshan missed the game with an upper body injury. David Krejci also remained out of the lineup. Spooner was out of the lineup. Backus, of course, will not be back until January. But the Bruins get an offensive explosion. They get five goals from five different players. Frankie Vitrano, who, by the way, is near and dear to my heart because he grew up right down the street from where I grew up, the next town over in East Longmeadow, uh, gets back into the lineup, pops a goal as soon as he gets on the line with Jake DeBrusque, who also scored a goal. He opened the scoring for the good guys. Uh, Tim Schaller, I think he, he was the empty net goal late. Uh, Schaller got the empty net goal. Tori Krug a goal. And Sean Corrali a goal. Who Sean Corrali's off to a good start this season in the games that he's played. So uh, five goals. Schaller's obviously wins, you know, cements the game with the empty netter with a minute left. Uh, a good win for the Bruins. A needed win after a tough loss against the Capitals on Saturday. But all in all, that was a pretty good little three-game homestand for the good guys. Uh, they get four points in uh, in three games. Unless, did, did the Capitals game go to overtime? I don't think it did. I don't think it did. Let me check that out. It did not go to overtime. I didn't think so. So four points in three games for the Bruins. They head out on the road now for a little bit of a, a, a lengthy trip. It starts tomorrow night in Madison Square Garden. They get to go, they go play the Rangers, who have had their own struggles at times this season. Kind of a new-look roster in, in certain spots for the Rangers this season. Um, had a little bit of trouble with consistency, a lot, a lot like the Bruins have. They've won seven, they've dropped seven, and they've also lost two in overtime, uh, which means they've actually, they've actually played three more games than the Bruins have, which seems like an awful lot of hockey when you think about it. 16 games in just about a month. I mean, that seems like an awful lot of hockey. That's, that's pretty much a game every, every other night for the Rangers. Um, so maybe they're going to catch them on tired legs. Who knows? But that begins the road trip. Uh, the Bruins and the Rangers, obviously, a storied history. No need to remind anybody about uh, the games that, that those two teams have played in, in their history. This will be the first meeting between the two teams this year. There will be more. <clears throat> after the Rangers game, and this is just to, to set up where the Bruins are going from here. After the Rangers game, they go up to Toronto to play the first of a back-to-back home-and-home series against the, the Maple Leafs. First one in Toronto Friday, then they come back to Boston the next night and play on Saturday. So I said it was a road trip. There actually is a home game in there, and I apologize for that. But after that game on Saturday, four in a row on the road. They go on a West Coast swing, which will take them to Anaheim, Los Angeles, and San Jose. Then they will fly back to the East Coast and play the Devils before they finally get back home. So uh, they're not home for an awfully long time after Saturday. Won't be home all of the following week. And that game against the Devils, I don't think, is until the Wednesday before Thanksgiving. So the Bruins are going to be away from Boston for an awfully long time. Uh, it'll, 
going to be their first road extended road trip of the season, but you will get, I guess you'll get some bonding time because they're going to be spending an awful lot of time in hotels. Uh, they could be in the LA area for a while. I guess they'll, what they'll probably do is fly out, probably fly out Saturday night after the game or Sunday, get out to LA, um, hang out in LA. They're probably going to stay there for a while because, I mean, Anaheim's not far. Obviously, they're playing in the Staples Center. Uh, two nights later, and then they'll fly up to the Bay Area, play San Jose, you know, San Jose, and then they'll come back home. So, uh, it, the Bruins, I mean, they're sitting pretty. <laughs> they're really sitting pretty. They gotta get a few days in Southern California, where I'm sure it's a lot warmer than it is here. It's gonna get very cold here, but a good trip, a, a nice little homestand for the Bruins after an inconsistent one. Maybe this is the game they needed. They needed to find some other scoring options. They finally get some. They finally get some. Without Brad Marchand in the lineup, without David Krejci in the lineup, Coach Cassidy mixed up some lines last night. He puts uh, Jake DeBrusque on a line with Jordan Suarez, who is uh, just, he notched his first two assists last night. A recent call-up from Providence in his own right, not a guy we've talked about a lot here. They were on a line with Frank Vetrano, and the line immediately scored two goals in the first period, so it was a nice little jump start. Corrali, as I said, is not much of a goal scorer, but has scored two on the season and has played well. Tori Krug is an offensive threat in uh, on defense and got a goal last night. And uh, people are talking highly about Tim Schaller. I mean, you don't see his name in the um, in the in the book an awful lot, but uh, had an empty netter last night and generally has he's earned positive comments up and down from Coach Cassidy. And, so, uh, a good effort for the Bruins. One note about it. David Pasternak got benched last night. Uh, I, and I haven't been able to figure out if that was because of injury or because of a coach's decision. There was some some kind, some chatter on Twitter last night that it was a coach's decision because the guy just needed to wake up. And it, it seems seemed odd to me that that was the case just because David Pasternak has maybe been your your most consistent goal-scoring threat this season for the Bruins. Uh, unless he was just dogging it last night, and I didn't see the game, and I apologize for that, but again, it's, it's hard for me to see a lot of Bruins games down here in, in Philly. Um, so, if, 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 if anybody knows why Pasternak was benched, and, and I don't want to speculate on it, let me know. And I apologize that I don't have more information on it, but uh, hopefully we will by tomorrow. Quickly over to the Diamond. And uh, the only big Red Sox news yesterday was the official unveiling, the officially unofficial, whatever you want to call it, unveiling of Alex Cora as the Red Sox manager. He'll take number 28 in your scorebooks. His coaching staff is beginning to fill out. Tim Hires was hired. That's a nice little oxy, kind of ironic statement there. Tim Hires is the hitting coach. He was the hitting coach, assistant hitting coach in Dodger in, in LA for the Dodgers for the past couple of seasons has earned some pretty rave reviews doing that. Uh, there have been some other coaches announced. Dana Lavangie was kept as the bullpen coach. He has not yet hired a pitching coach. He has not yet hired a bench coach. And uh, we will see. The, the rumor, like I said, I think earlier last week, is that Joey Cora, Alex's older brother by 10 years, will become the bench coach. Uh, for his younger brother in Boston, that hasn't been announced yet. We will certainly let you know what it is. 
pretty cool note about Cora. He is the first manager in Boston Red Sox history who is not Caucasian. First diverse manager in Red Sox history. And you think to yourself, that can't be true, right? I mean, they've got to have somebody back there, but they don't. They don't. It's been a lot of white guys, for lack of a better term, who have who have done the job. So Alex Cora, first man in Red Sox history not to manage the team uh, and not be Caucasian. He will take a team over that is young, that is diverse, uh, and is hungry to win. And that was kind of the theme of the press conference yesterday. He wants to relate to his players. He wants to motivate them. Again, the, the man got just sterling reviews from his players in, in the now in Houston, the now World Series champion Houston Astros. Uh, he got tremendous, tremendous reviews from those guys who are, you know, who took to Twitter during the playoffs to 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 express their disappointment uh, that he was being rumored as a managerial managerial candidate. Although I'm certain that they're that they're happy for him and, and congratulatory of him. Um, the question now becomes, beyond who's going to coach the team, the question now becomes who is going to play on the team. And tomorrow, because we're not going to have time to get through it today, tomorrow we will do a Red Sox offseason preview because there's no Bruins game tonight, there's no Celtics game tonight, obviously no Patriots game tonight, and the Red Sox are off. Tomorrow will be Red Sox offseason preview day where we take a look at some of the folks that they're going to target, some of the folks that they could, could not bring back, et cetera, et cetera. Take a look at what this team could look like, what the free agent class looks like, and what they're going to do in certain spots. So off-season preview for the Red Sox tomorrow. Make sure you tune into it, uh, and I hope you will. And thanks for thanks for doing so if you're listening now. Uh, it's it's going to be a very interesting off-season for the Red Sox. And, I mean, you think to yourself, well, what do they really need? You know, they, they don't need that much. And then you look a little bit deeper into the roster and you think, well, maybe not, but they could certainly get better in, in, in a few places. So it's it's going to be an interesting offseason. It's a team that won 93 games, does have some holes to fill, some guys who most likely will not be back. Uh, but we will go through it all tomorrow. That'll be, our, that'll be tomorrow's show. Red Sox off-season preview Wednesday, and uh, hopefully you'll tune in for that. So that is our show for today, November 7th. Thanks for everybody for tuning in. Remember, uh, you can always listen to us in the Anchor app, and for those who listen to us live, thank you for doing so. Uh, if you're listening to us live, I apologize for the, uh, the repeated kind of pauses in the action. Uh, it's either me looking up a statistic. Remember, I do this from the car, so... It's tough. It's kind of tough to do that. It's either me taking, looking up a stat, looking up a score, looking up a box line, you know, a box, something like that. Uh, we're taking a drink of water. I keep some water next to me while I'm doing this. But uh, so for those who listen live, thanks for doing it. Much appreciated. Uh, for those listening, uh, and, and you know, wherever you get your podcasts, we're on iTunes. I believe we're on Google Play as well. Uh, so make sure you, you subscribe to the uh, podcast through there. Uh, really thank everybody who listens to us, whichever way you choose to do it. Uh, remember, we get the podcasts, or at least we try to get, endeavor to get the podcasts up and running uh, no later than uh, mid morning. Sometimes in, the, in, in sometimes by like early afternoon uh, in the iTunes app. So uh, you can.
can listen to us there. You can listen to us in the Anchor app, obviously, whichever way you do it. Again, thank you so much for, for being there. Uh, your support means the world to me. Tomorrow, like I said, Red Sox offseason preview Wednesday. We will go through what the Red Sox can expect throughout the offseason. Thursday, we will not have a show. I apologize for that. Um, maybe there will be a short little kind of ditty depending on what kind of time I have, but I've got some some things to do that morning, so we won't have a show Thursday. Uh, Friday, obviously, will be Patriots preview Friday. Uh, first game off the bye at Denver for the Patriots. We'll get into that entire game, and we will break it down and give a prediction as always. For now, this is the show for today, November 7th. Thanks for tuning in. It's the Wicked Awesome Boston Sports Podcast. Go out and vote if you haven't done it already. We will see you tomorrow. Uh, Have a great day, everyone. Bye-bye.